I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I never know what the connection is, but I appreciate the song, man. You know the song, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so obviously, what's I mean, the connection? Flirt with disaster, Molly Hatchet. I mean, we saw um, probably one of the more, more crazy injuries happen this week that I think is just devastating for a lot of sports fans and a lot of things that were were happening here. And obviously, when we start talking about injuries, um, we get teams that are contending that are going to begin to flirt with disaster about what trades they got to make, what pieces they have to acquire to uh, still contend. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a younger team, you're flirting with disaster about acquiring draft picks and the unknown. Ah, okay. Well, I appreciate it. And it's just you and I, you and me today. We haven't had a, a duo podcast in a little bit, but we're back, baby. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. It's, it's nice having Nick on here or, you know, Zane jumping on the other week to, to, to just talk and shoot the shit with and, you know, mm-hmm. being the tripods better than just being the duo, but the duo is what you guys have to deal with today. So we'll do our best to, to give you all the lively content that we can. Absolutely. And we've got a lot to talk about. Of course, we've got, unfortunately, some injuries, two big ones that we'll have to go through and kind of like the impact that we will see unfold from those. And then it's obviously week one and week one's a fun time of year. Cause like, it's just a one game sample. So like, you don't really know like what's, to believe what's a fluke but everyone has like an opinion and everyone like thinks something's definitively going to work out this way or definitively not work out a way that we're expecting and it's of course a month from now not going to be the case but you know we're just gonna share our opinions and the four of you that listen will you know have to just decide if it's bullshit or not yeah sound like a plan dan let's let's fucking rage man let's uh we're all right let's do it beautiful fall night out right now we're enjoying the beautiful weather yeah so let's jump into it and we're going to talk we're going to lead off with the two injuries um and i think we're going to start with the one that's probably well i don't know if it's the biggest impact they're both pretty bad but let's talk about jk dobbins um unfortunately in the first quarter he went down uh with a torn achilles um obviously out for the season and being a running back you know you hate to see, say something's a career ender, but it's not great. You know, the track record for running backs coming back from this injury, it usually takes them a bit. Uh, Cam Akers most recently, and he's been meh. Uh, Dante Foreman is another guy that kind of had a resurgence a, couple, resurgence a couple years after the fact, but the track record is not great. Um, you know, obviously the immediate impact is Armand and his team, and You know, we kind of harped on this a little bit. Um, He went all in with some trades. Um, Tyreek Hill, is he still worth two firsts or not, Dan? I thought it was going to come up here. Um, Look, I mean, I fucking hate you guys. I know Nick put you up. He's worth it. And everything. I mean, 
who is turning to 7,000 yards and Tyreek's turning to break every fucking wide receiver record on the face of the planet. I, my question is how much sustainability can it happen? And I mean, if you can get that for the next couple of years, yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll eat crow and, and do it. I just don't see that kind of production week over week being a thing. And owning Waddle in a couple of leagues makes me very nervous about this connection and the explosive playability and how Waddle could potentially get lost in this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, if you're Tyreek Hill owner, you gotta love seeing that. And, uh, you know, having the two of Tyreek stack here is pretty fucking awesome. Very juicy. And I think this kind of, you know, the trade exactly exemplifies like the issue or exacerbates the issues that Armand had is he's got like this two year window and big word guy. guy. (laughs) Well, it took me, it took me a couple tries to get there, but, uh, with Dobbins out, like, you know, you, you, you make this trade for Tyreek and your RB positions already weak to begin with, you know, now you lose your best guy and you're basically on like a two year window, like with, you know, Tyreek Hill and, you know, even some of these other wide receivers, you know, Terry McLaurin, uh, DJ Moore, and, and then the quarterbacks, I mean, obviously Tua, but who knows with Daniel Jones and Jared Goff, um, you don't have a lot of long-term stability on this roster, at least on the surface, Darren Waller. Um, it's it's very short-term outside of a couple guys, um, but the ceiling's very high. Uh, but now with Dobbins out for the year, I mean, where does Armand go from here? Can he... Does he have a next man up on this roster? Uh, I mean, this this the the Kyron Williams piece is interesting, and that has to be something that he, Armand's really got to pray is is legit week over week. And I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Rams run this backfield with Acres and Williams. But outside of that, there's not really anything there. This is Armand's got to get kind of aggressive and seeing what he can do to acquire um, a piece if he still wants to contend. And what guy that is selling or in the potential small rebuild area is going to take maybe a couple pieces off Armand's roster. Cause right now he's got two seconds next year, two thirds next year, his fourth. And then he's back into a couple seconds and 25, but he still has his first. So he has some trade bait to go out and get some, get a running back if he needs to. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think he does too, but uh, the issue is you look around the league, it's kind of slim pickings. Um, it, it is. And that's have, where, I was just saying, it's, we it's have, just, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I was just saying, it's, this is where, who's going to try and charge an arm and a leg to, to be able to release some of this very like small talent pool that's out there. Yeah. Well, we've got like three guys that, their teams, it doesn't look like it's this year. And, and we know by this point, it's Steve, Zane, and Kevin. And each of them probably have a running back or two that could be available. I mean, Zane has Javante Williams, who's coming off a major injury himself, but, you know, looked solid week one. Uh, Steve has t- a couple young guys, James Cook, Devin O'Chain. You know, I don't know if that's two pieces that he'd be interested in moving, but, you know, maybe that those could make sense for Armand. And Kevin's obviously got, like, the big boy. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, who really knows what this season holds for him. Um, but I think, you know, maybe this is the risky move that you could make if you're Armand because you're kind of buying at a discount because of the unknown. Uh, but then Kevin has some, like, lesser guys, you know, with uh, Khalil Herbert and uh, Gain, uh, Kenneth Gainwell as well. Um, it, any of those guys kind of stick out as potential 
um, matches from your side of things, Dan, or did I forget anyone? I mean, I guess the only piece that I would say would be, you know, what's the next man up scenario with this? Um, is it Justice Hill? Is it going to be um, Gus Edwards? Is it going to be Melvin Gordon? Are these guys that you can buy for cheaper than trying to get a big name and pray that it's a it's a scheme situation that makes these guys good and it's not the overall talent of the player? Well, I did see the rumor that the Ravens are going to be very interested in a healthy Jonathan Taylor. So maybe whoever's on the team doesn't really matter at this point. I guess you could be right. That'd be fascinating. That would be that would be insane. Yeah, it would. Um, do, do you think Armand makes a move in the next two weeks for a running back? Um, let me get. I, I mean, that's just pulled up here. He lost last week, but finished in the top six. Um, yeah, I'm trying. To I think there's a schedule. I think there's a chance he could have beat Nick. Uh, with how J.K. Dobbins was looking and how we saw Justice Hill come in and get a couple touchdowns. Uh, this week, he's uh, facing off against my team. And in week three, he's going up against um, Zane's team. So, you know, two weeks from now, he's looking at an automatic W. Um, this week against me might be a little bit tougher. Week four, obviously, then he's up against um, Jer's team. So, I mean, you know, tough, everyone right. decides. Tough sled in a tough yeah. division. Yeah, everyone besides Zane is not a pushover by any means. I think he's got to make the move here if he wants to continue to be competitive in this stretch. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, just uh, maybe he, he really believed in J.K. Dobbins to begin with, because I was kind of surprised that we didn't see a move after the Tyree kill trade. Um, but I mean, at this point, I agree. I think his hand is forced. Like, there has to be another move unless, like, he's just expecting... Um, Kyron Williams, you know, either Deion Jackson or Zach Moss, where he must start <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, to just to just do the dirty work for him. But I don't know. I'm very skeptical. He's um, all in on Miami. Yeah, he is. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. They, and that's another one. I mean, do, do they maybe consider Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor is the one, the most interesting player. Um, I know Kevin's had him on the market. I don't know how serious he is interested in moving him, but I think there's a lot of unknown, you know, just with that messy situation with the Colts right now. Like, do you think, does he play it or what are the options? Does he not play a game this year? Does he play a game with the Colts or does he play a game with another team? If you had to pick one of those. I think he plays with the the most likely. I think he plays with the Colts. See, I feel like if he remains on the Colts, like, I don't know if he plays another game. I think he might like drag this injury out and be like kind of like just, you know. It's an interesting situation just to think about. Uh-huh. Obviously, I mean, he he's a he's a win now kind of guy. He wants to be in a team that's mm-hmm. gonna win now. He doesn't want to go through this rebuild with a young QB, them shelling talent, not paying certain prices to players. Um it, it's interesting. And then you look at it from Kevin's side too. Where's Kevin gonna get the biggest value? Kevin's gotta hope he yeah. gets traded and gets traded ASAP so we can get him off his, his roster before he starts getting points on it. And do you think there's do you think there's any chance that either the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, or maybe both have like a little bit of a different mindset after week one and seeing like Anthony Richardson and how like this team not saying they're gonna be contenders, but like they kind of look feisty. You know, if they added Jonathan Taylor, they probably win last week. Um, do you think like they both sides might be more motivated to make this work? 
I think I think there was I thought the play calling for Anthony Richardson was very well done. I thought that from start to finish they got him comfortable. He, he was a rookie guy. He made a bad pick. He threw a bad pick, but he also has the ability to move the ball. He needs to learn to slide. Don't mm-hmm. go fucking full Cam Newton here. Um, but Pittman had a great game going off. He was able to spread the ball around. So I I think Taylor seeing Richardson being able to show it off at least week one. Let's see what happens in week two for the Colts. Yeah. But there's some encouraging pieces that makes Richardson continue to look and feel like, hey, this is actually going to be QB1 out of this draft. Yeah, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that just because I, I bought him. I think of between the three QBs, I thought Richardson, Richardson looked the best. Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't a very high bar to clear. Um, you still got to clear. But no, I, yeah, for sure. There's got to be someone, so I agree with you. Um, let's Before we move on, let's switch gears back to Dobbins. Yep. Um, His career's got to be just damn near done. You seeing, think seeing two injuries like this, obviously with the knee, yeah. and then now the Achilles, it the the resiliency starts to become a factor. He's not going to get paid. I don't know how much longer we're going to see him. If anything, he'll be competing for a backup role. Um, and touches. Thomas is talented, but man, was he third year in the league now? Fourth, and he's basically this missed two fourth, years, yeah. and he's missed mm-hmm. two full years. I yep. he's in a really really tough spot, and especially with the fact that he's on contract year. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I think I think his career and his his stock is never going to be anywhere where it was, and I don't think he's going to be more than just a uh, a backup and fringe starter. Does he have value to the rebuilding teams? Saying Kevin, uh, it's Zane. a fly, it's flyer. It's a flyer, yeah. but I don't think the flyer's worth what the asking price is probably going to be just because of the name okay. and the flash. Okay, fair I enough. Think, I think he trades for a third. Okay. And for that price, he'd probably just rather keep him and roll the dice. Yeah. At that point, you know you're not getting points. It's going to be what it's going to be. Um, but yeah. I just I don't think he fetches. I think it's hard to say he fetches a second after seeing the last couple of years. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the other biggest injury of the week, and that was Aaron Rodgers. And he went down. We have another Achilles injury. Um, obviously, huge impact for Aaron Rodgers, you know, and Chair's team, but also, you know, the the um, skill position players, um, Garrett Wilson, you know, what do we think about he can or how he'll look with Zach Wilson or whoever's quarterback for this team. And then, you know, they, they weren't really much of an issue or there wasn't really much of an issue when Rogers went down for the running backs last night or two nights ago. Uh, but Cook and even Brees Hall um, start with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what did uh, what are your thoughts, Dan? I mean, just brutal. I mean, I don't know if there's a single person on this call that wasn't excited to see what he could do in New York. There's a lot of us might hate him because we're Bears fans and just the animosity that he had by kicking our ass every year. But I mean, mm-hmm. watching Hard Knocks and seeing him on Pat McAfee's show, like you get hyped that this is a personality playing for a team that's been kind of down and out over the years. He's got mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson. He's got these these guys that he's building around him. I mean, Brees Hall is a young guy coming off an injury. And after the week he had in week one, which I don't think anybody expected. I don't think yeah. I, I, I benched him. He was, that's, yeah, I was that's say, what he I was in your lineup. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I think Hall and Cook get a little uptick. I think Wilson is talented enough that if Zach, Zach Wilson can get the ball anywhere around him, he's going to be okay. But yeah. you don't feel good about anybody else. I think everybody else takes an extreme, extremely heavy down tick. Um, I still think Wilson takes a down tick just because, I mean, you're going from a Hall of Fame guy to, the guy that they brought in to replace you because you had issues. Um, do you do you buy that the Jets are all in on Zach Wilson at this point? 
Because, like, less than 12 months ago, they had, like, a mutiny with him as their starter. So the big question becomes now is, obviously, there's no shot in hell fucking Tom Brady comes up here to do this. I feel like that's just not a way in hell. But you've got guys like Carson Wentz, Teddy Two Gloves. I mean, you have pieces around here that you could potentially acquire that can manage the game a little bit better than Zach Wilson can. And if you truly don't believe him, I want to see how many people are coming into this or who the, who the jets are talking to to say, Hey, like, mm-hmm. all right, we've, we've kind of invested here. We need a guy that's going to be a little bit better on the distribution chart than what we've had. And I, I do think that the jets acquire either somebody via trade mm-hmm. or they go through that. Why is my work phone at nine 15? Ignore. Um, Unsubscribe. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so why is he – or what are they going to do? They, I, I think they have to bring in a vet. I think Wentz is an option here to at least manage the game. Yep. Um, I, I, if I had to, you know, gun to my head, I think Wentz is probably going to be the play here in, in the, for the Jets. Yeah, I think they add someone. I don't know definitively who it will be, but whether it's a trade or free agent. Like, I just – they'll probably give Zach Wilson, obviously, this week. Um, but – I I don't know. I'm very skeptical that he's going to be the starter all season long. Yeah, and I mean, Jerry, obviously, for his team, now has to turn and look at a ugly but effective Kenny Pickett. I mean, it was not even mm-hmm. effective, I guess, was there. Tannehill looked absolute shit. Brock Purdy, I mean, so fun fact, I don't know if you know this. This is the first time ever in NFL history where Mr. Irrelevant mm-hmm. is playing a number one or is playing a QB drafted at number one. Oh, how about that? That's interesting. So there's your fun fact for that. So Brock Purdy, obviously, going go up against the Rams here where, where um, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford is, is playing. And, I mean, Jerry's got depth, and this is what's nice about this. Yes, you'd rather be starting Aaron Rodgers over these guys, mm-hmm. but Jerry's pieces rostered together to say, hey, like, okay, I still have guys that can be keep me competitive in a very competitive division. We know quarterbacks are extremely difficult to trade for. Is there – a path for Jerry to add a new one, or does he just have to have to write it out with the guys that he has? I unfortunately think that he's going to have to write it out with the guys that he's got. I'm getting his team pulled up here to check his draft capital. And while he doesn't have a first next year, he does have first in the next two years. He's got a plethora of second round draft picks. Um, It's going to be hard pressed for Jerry to move somebody Mm -hmm. uh, or to get somebody to acquire. I think Brock Purdy would have to be going back with that. And Brock's, shown that he can play pretty decent quarterback but he made brandon Ayuk look fucking great this weekend yeah. with a couple of those balls that he threw mm-hmm. no i mean he's definitely serviceable i mean he's got adams first next year for this coming year um but yeah I, I think that the harder i think he's got the pieces but the question is like is there a team that makes sense and i'm not sure there is one the only guy that i'm thinking is and i don't even know if it makes sense is if you go to chris and you get a Jimmy Garoppolo, but is Jimmy Garoppolo even like a worthwhile upgrade? At, the, at that point in time, you're better off rolling dice with, with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Like, I just I just don't think there's a there's a way to do it where, where that's not a thing. Uh, the only other option would be Kevin with Matt Stafford. Yeah, Kevin with Matt Stafford, that's another good call. Um, would, and that's just... Would Adams for this next year get it done? I feel like that's probably the 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 trade. the trade that would would be there it would have to be a first it's just going to be one first because of the age yeah. and everything and the, the fact that Stetson Bennett's out there and I think that is the if you want to truly give your guy a, somebody that's going to do it he's the guy but does are the weapons around 
Matthew Stafford that are going to make him be good. Like obviously, Cooper Cup's not playing right now. Um, Van Jeff- Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, who had a great week and everything. And then, um, yeah, it's, yeah, Dukuku or whatever the dude's name is. Yep. Um, it's, it's a lot of unproven pieces to it. I mean, that's, it's tough trading for a guy that's probably going to do, he just has more experience than Brock does. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. big difference. You, you keep 10 years off and you keep a first by rolling the dice with Brock Purdy. And, you know, if you miss it, awesome. If you make it, you still got a first to, to put some pieces around. But it's a, Jared's in a tough situation right now if, if he doesn't believe in his depth. Yeah. And it's a tough division. And I think, you know, we've seen like you you might not be able to afford to be patient in this division when you have like five teams that maybe legitimately all could be playoff teams like in any given year. Uh, But this year, you know, five teams are competing for three spots. So it'll be interesting because I don't know if Jared can afford to wait two, three, four weeks to see how Purdy, Tannehill, um, how how those guys look at. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Um, Let's switch uh, just Garrett Wilson, because I think he's probably the biggest player that's impacted by this Rodgers injury. Uh, Going into the season, he was top 10. I mean, maybe some guys were even thinking, like, could be a potential top five wide receiver. Uh, How much of an impact does this have on him and your outlook for the season? It it definitely takes away, in my eyes, at least five to seven targets a game that he's going to lose by dropping down to Zach Wilson just for Wilson to scramble out of the pocket, the inexperience, he's going to get sacked because he didn't make a, doesn't make a decision in time. Granted, he, Wilson went five for 34 with a touchdown. God bless the touchdown saving him and everything, yeah. but five for 34 is not five for 85. Yeah. And that's the big piece there. And I think that's the that's where Rodgers and what he has the ability to, to bring as a, as a seasoned gunslinger is going to going to be there. Dallas is going to be a real fucking tough test um, yeah. this week for him. And I don't think that I trust Zach Wilson enough to be confident that Garrett Wilson's going to be the guy that everybody wanted him to be. And that's a, it's a shame to see this young talent, not be able to be, play with one of the best arms in the league. So in your mind, is he a low end wide receiver two or a high end wide receiver three, or what is what are your I think, expectations? I think he's, I think he still stays in tier two. I don't know if okay. I would say low end, but he's definitely like he has to be started. There's no way that you can't start him week to week. Okay. But you don't feel confident in the consistent output that you would have been getting with having Aaron Rodgers. But he has he he has to start. There's no doubt in my mind. Unless you're sitting with, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase on a fucking roster, he has to start on on the on a team. Well, Nick's roster might be close enough to pushing that down right now he's got gary wilson in the lineup over josh jacobs kenneth walker I and mean, cooper cups obviously on ir like there might be a scenario like in a couple weeks where garrett wilson's right in the pine for next team it i think this is the one week where you got to consider it too and look at the matchups you have and understand yeah. that is is trayvon going to be a shadow on wilson or is he only going to be half the field i don't really know how he particularly plays if you buy me some time, I might be able to figure out. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, and I think it's obviously an interesting thing because not to jump the gun, but like, you know, Nick's in a pretty big matchup this week against Sam, uh, potentially the two top teams in the league going against each other um, in a very tough division. Wins are um, precious. 
And this could be, you know, you hate to say a week two matchup could come down to deciding like what team gets a buy, but who knows, you know, three months from now, we might be saying that. So um, I, I definitely don't disagree with you that Garrett Wilson being benched in favor of Josh Jacobs against Buffalo. Buffalo did not look good. I mean, Brees Hall obviously is a machine, but Brees Hall was not his normal self. Um, and I wonder what a Josh Jacobs could get that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this matchup a little more in depth on uh, a couple minutes, but I think that might be a switch that I, I'd consider. Perfect. Thank you for buying me enough time. So Wilson and Lazard are going against Diggs and Gilmore. They uh-huh. are going to split the field. So Diggs will have one side, Gilmore will have the other, and they will play with the wide receiver that flops out their way. And at the end of the day, that's two top five quarterbacks. I don't know if it even matters who's, if one shadows, because it's damned if you damned if you don't when you got those two guys there. Yeah, this has got to be a Brees Hall feast in yeah. in my eyes. And between Hall and Cook, I think those guys are both startable this week. Um, okay. Just because it, it, Parsons now has to stop the run. Okay. And that is that's a big piece that if especially being on the edges and edge rusher, if these guys can be explosive. I think that's the the bigger play for the Jets team this week, but it's I don't like it for the passing game. All right, fair enough. Well, we can go a little bit more in depth in the matchups later, but we got to now overreact or underreact and remain calm about week one stuff. So let's jump into some fun little, you know, there's a ton of headlines and stuff. So I apologize if I don't talk about like your team or your player or something like that. But looking at the league, looking at some fun stuff, I wanted to kind of just hit up the things that were interesting to me. And would you believe it if the season ended today, Steve would not have the first overall pick. Zane would. Can this actually happen? Can Zane get the first overall pick, Dan? Uh, it's de- it's definitely shown that it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, CEH got the start, wasn't there. Love showed up, which is there. But Drake London getting completely lost in that offense with one target. Yep. Oh my God, that's fucking rough. Romeo Dobbs obviously, you know, played very well. Josh Dobbs was a great acquisition as he as he lost your points. Yeah, well, now remember this is potential points too. So Josh yeah. Dobbs obviously lost points, but like yeah, so the zero would take for the other QB yeah. on the roster. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I Mooney had a great week, and I don't think that happens like week over week. Mm-hmm. I think he's very much. I God fucking hate the Bears. Um, it's just brutal. But um, Kincaid went out to Buffalo and had a had a decent showing. Um, the big piece for for Steve's roster is he doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah, and and depending on how Jordan Love plays, Jordan Love could single handedly bring unless unless Teddy Bridgewater gets traded, and I think at that point in time, Steve is shipping him for pennies on the dollar just to get rid of the potential points that he's going to have. Yeah. Well, that's like kind of you kind of said the same thing with Zane because Zane, while he does have a quarterback in Jordan Love and now um, Zach Wilson, like he doesn't really have a bench. And that's kind of working at his advantage with not a lot of guys that could go off uh, since he's, you know, Zach Wilson already popped, but like the quote unquote valuable backup quarterbacks. You know, if Zane does want to get the one dot one, Zach Wilson cannot be on his roster. No, he has to go pretty freaking for sure. Um, but even with that said, I still think Zane probably needs another move. Uh, moving maybe a T. Higgins or a, I mean, Drake London. Drake London, I think you might be super lucky as a rebuilder because I don't think Atlanta just has any desire to pass the ball. So he might just suck, but be someone that we like long term. So that might work out. But I, I think someone like T. Higgins. 
Yeah, and I'll be I'll be remiss if I don't say this and give Nick a little love because I know he would say it. But I mean that that catch out of the backfield where he stopped on a fucking dime and cut back up the field was fucking impressive. For who? For Bijan. Oh yeah, Bijan for sure. Yep. No, he's a machine. But yeah, um, I mean, London and Higgins getting zero points in in the same week, I don't think happens. Like I think that's... yeah, no, it doesn't. I think that's why I think one of those guys got to go. Um, but I think if he does that, I do think there's a potential that Zane could push for the one dot one. And I think we're gonna see some craziness this year because I know Marvin Harrison Jr.'s a great prospect. Brock Brock Bowers is a great prospect. Some of these other quarterbacks are a great prospect. But Caleb Williams, electric. He's, he's a generational quarterback. He's in that Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck. Um, you know, just realm of quarterbacks that just don't come along very often. And when they do, like, they usually live up to the hype. He's going to be valued as, like, the fifth, sixth, seventh quarterback in Dynasty, you know, eight months from now. And probably going, like, in the middle of first round of startups. Like, this is unequivocally, like, the guy that, like, you build your team around. So I think we might see some crazy stuff. And it'll be interesting to see if Zane and Steve kind of go back and forth to shed points and get you know into better position to get this first overall pick yeah don't don't shed any uh shade on my guy sam hartman <laughs> well i i don't think the 26 year old 10th year doctor quarterback is gonna be going for in the first round i guess but, we'll see yeah we'll see all right let's move on um he won this week well he got he got a point but it's Adam Adams one and one, and we kind of saw like the the potential like for failure this week with his team, uh, with Najee Harris and George Kittle not doing much, and Adam just unequivocally having the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth worst starters like in the league at any given week. Um, is Adam in danger of missing the playoffs? Uh, I'm gonna say no, and okay. that's just because the division is so weak. The only mm-hmm. way Adam would miss, miss the playoffs is if the four teams up top have this wild ass scenario that we built into. Yeah. And Stefan passes him. I think that's the only way Adam does not make the playoffs. Um, Kevin, Chris, and, and Steve are, I mean, dropping an O2 week to start off with for, for Chris isn't a fucking great way to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's where it gets interesting. I, I mean, Chris's team has the pieces to compete, but I mean, Chris's team is young. So that young. means it's going to start shaky. But I think, like, by the time like we get to Halloween or, you know, middle of October, I think, you know, if these guys, these young players are good, like, we're going to see them maybe start performing. And I don't know. I, I feel like Chris could make a run just because Adam's team is not good. It is not good at all. And like, now you already have like Austin Eckler. Like, there's rumors he might be going on IR, or might be missing a couple weeks. You know, if something like that happens, or I should say, when something like that happens, just because it's the, it's it's football, like it's a physical sport, people miss weeks. If he gets screwed, like if Patrick Mahomes for some reason misses weeks, like I don't know, Adams in a real tough spot, I think. And I just, you know, he's definitely going to make a move because he always does, but is it going to be enough? to just be a halfway above shitty. I don't know. 
Um, but I, I'm concerned for Adamus in the playoffs. I, I mean, Chris's team has to rebound. Damian Pierce obviously was for sure the bell call back didn't do much. I Tyler, there's no fucking way Tyler Algier has the week that he's had this week. Jamar Chase, if Atlanta wants to run the ball though, like I don't know, like I, I'm not saying he's gonna like get like 20 points every single game, but I think he's gonna be a solid like RB2 like type like flex guy like all the entire season. Conquo did exactly what I expected him to. Kadarius Tony. I don't think could have water falling out of a cruise boat in the middle of the Pacific mm-hmm. with it. He looked fucking awful. Just he single-handedly lost in that game. Yeah, no, he did. But the funny thing is, and potential points, obviously, you know, could be guys that you would never consider starting, yep. but I mean, Chris safe, scored safe flowers. What a game he had. Yeah. Chris scored more potential points than Adam. Yep. Um, it was only five. So I'm just saying like, if, if, Chris maybe finds the right balance, you know, the right guys, like he gets comfortable. Um, and some of these guys maybe ascend. Like, I feel like in the second half, Chris could maybe make this really difficult for um, Adam's team. Yep, I would agree. All right. And then, you know, I swear there's no bias here, but after dominating the league in points scored, yours truly, 2-0, stacked division. Am I the best team in my division? Um, I mean, this division's just tough all around. I mean, for sure. Calvin Ridley had a fucking week, and he did at least what I expected Calvin Ridley to do in this offense. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fucking electric. I don't think Brandon Ayuk's a thirty-two week, a thirty-two point a week player. It's Not just, many are. Happen. Nope. In fairness. Yeah, correct, and that's. I mean, but. Lamar Jackson, where you score the top and Lamar Jackson only puts up five points. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs is still trying to find his role, and, and I think it'll be good, but Olave is going to be featured. Um, Brian Robinson is definitely showing that he's going to be the play over um, Mr. Gibson. Mm-hmm. I get really nervous about – I wouldn't say, I guess say nervous. I mean, you've got Michael Thomas who went for 11. Uh, Laporta went for 11. But outside of a couple guys down here, there's not much that you have to rely on. Um, I don't think you put up the most points like you have here, but I think you're competitive. I think I think the last playoff spot is between you and Jerry. Okay. And obviously Jerry went Jerry took an 0-2. He did. But he, 115 points. He he scored at number seven. Yeah, he just missed. Or I'm sorry, no, number eight. Six. Number eight. I had one well, twenty, way, and he, yeah, yeah, he missed it by a couple points. Five points, five yeah. points to get into the top six. Pretty brutal. Yeah, not ideal. So, um, but I, th- I, I think with the right lineup choices you make, yeah, you could, you could definitely keep yourself into. I, I wouldn't say you're the best team, okay. but you're definitely one that's going to be competing for the top three spots here. I'll take it. Think you're you're higher on yourself. I mean, I mean you we'll have see. to, dude. It's fucking fi- it's it's fucking fantasy. You have to yeah. feel like your squad's fucking good. Yeah, I th- I think my team's good, and I think it's it's got a nice nice group of players. I think I have better depth than I mean everyone on this pod apparently hates everyone's depth but their own. Um, but I think I've got some interesting guys. So we'll see. I'm I don't know if I'm the best, but I think I'm I think I'm a good team, and I'm glad to get a strong week one performance. 
Yeah. Um, let's talk about some players that had some dominating performances. And if we think it's uh, a mirage or, you know, uh, a beautiful island of paradise, who's going to finish top five of their position? Uh, let's start at quarterback and let's talk about Mr. Tua Tagovailoa in Miami. Uh, is he going to finish top five in the quarterback position this year in your mind? I don't think I have a reason to tell you no. Oh, I think, okay. I think there's a, it, it's it's interesting. He finished with, number one, uh, twenty six point one points. Uh, had a, your your boy Mac Jones, who I almost thought about including, but want to be realistic. Christ, no, yeah, let's be realistic here. But Tua, can he do it? I think I think he has some sustainability. I think their running game is not. If Derrick Henry shows up there, I think it's no. Derrick Henry eats into it. If they stay the course with what they have, they're going to let Derek Tua. Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Who did I say? You think Derrick Henry is going to get traded to the Dolphins? It, well, I'm just saying it. If we're not Derrick Henry, I'm fuck Jonathan Taylor. Sorry. Oh yes, yes, yes. I think that them adding a big bell cow running back like that eats mm-hmm. into what Tua has the ability to do. But at the same point in time, it really opens up the game for Tua to have more guys in the box to prevent the run, and it makes guys like Tyreek Hill that much slippery. Yeah. Uh, much more slippery. So top five for Tua, I would say probably is. I would say I'm about 75% saying, yes, that can absolutely be done. Okay. Let's move on to running backs. Finished number one for the week, Aaron Jones. Can he finish top five at yes. the RB position? Yes. I, More I, confident I than Tua? Uh, I, I would probably say I'm about the same, 75%. Okay. Um, it's, he takes a lot of pressure off Jordan Love. And getting the volume, the workload, being able to receive the ball out of the backfield is huge. Um, you hope he doesn't lose goal line touches to A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think he's a key piece in that offense being successful. Okay. Uh, wide receiver, we're not going to talk about Tyree Kill, who dominated with almost 45 points because we know he can finish top five. But checking in at number two on the week was Brandon Ayuk with 32.9 points. Can he finish top five at the position? Absolutely not. Okay. Nope. Jamar Chase had horrible weather. He did. Joe Burrow didn't look like himself. Um, I think that all changes. Ayuk has Debo on there. Um, George Kittle plays on that offense. Christian McCaffrey's going to get passing towns. I do not think Brandon Ayuk finishes top five. Okay. And last but not least, at, not least at the tight end position, Hunter Henry finished with 19.1 points. Can he finish top five at the tight end position? So I'll take a line out of Nick's playbook here and be like, tight end is such the most up in the air thing that we have in this league outside of the f- probably three studs that we have and one guy being injured it kind of is a coin flip do i think he finishes top 10 no i don't think mac jones can sustain that kind of piece to it mm-hmm. but i'd be damned if i wouldn't say he was a top 10 guy and yeah. that's just and that's just because tight end. i mean obviously it's he's going to be the, he's the tight end out there in new england and mac jones needs to rely on that tight end to move the ball in key situations and Hunter Henry's proven to be a valuable asset. So I would say Hunter Henry is probably the closest one that I'm not confident about in finishing okay. top five. But he's also the other one where I could be like, yep, nope, Daniel, you were kind of wrong about that. Yeah, I think this was just a fluke week. I don't think he finishes top five or close. On the flip side, if there were people that booned, there were people that just were god-awful and failed at their position. Um don't have one for each position, but I just a few guys caught my eyes. Uh, so let's go to the wide receiver position and talk about Mr. Christian Kirk. 
in Jacksonville. He did not do too hot this week when, with Mr. Calvin Ridley, uh, Travis Etienne, Zay Jones. Is Christian, what a great catch by Zay Jones, by the way. Uh-huh. But at Christian Kirk, is he donezo, or could we see some redemption uh, after this week? I don't really have a number, but like he finished yeah. with, you know, can he be a wide receiver too? You know, what he, what he showed last year? I, he has, that offense has the ability to do it. Christian Kirk is better than Zay Jones, mm-hmm. but he's in a, he's not in the right zip code when we start talking about Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is just a special player and he showed us why. And that obviously is going to eat into you being the guy like last year he was because yeah. you're the number one. Calvin Ridley is head and shoulders above what Christian Kirk is. So is he, I don't, I'm not as down on him as I probably should be. Mm-hmm. I think he does have some upside, but he's a wide receiver too at best. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, that's fair. So he'll rebound from his 1.9 points. Uh, If he averages... Anywhere between 9 to 12 points a week, I think that's a win. And if he finds the end zone, it's even better. I, I'm worried. I, I think Zay Jones is the wide receiver, too, on this offense. Okay. And I think Christian Kirk is. There's definitely going to be better weeks, and he'll be startable. But I think he's, at this point, I think he's a bi-week guy unless there's an injury. Okay. Uh, Sky Moore. Coming Dead. in year two. Dead. You <laughs> didn't even let me do my speech. But, yeah, it's hard to argue when Travis Kelsey was out. No other wide receivers really prominent on this roster. And the dude does nothing week one. Literally nothing. He's muffed so many he's muffed so many punts that mm-hmm. I don't think Patrick Mahomes it's we're seeing the Aaron Rodgers piece to it. There's yeah. no trust. Kadarius Tony, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees anything more than three targets next week. Or this week. Like it's just fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. And I think Sky Moore is not um not in a position where, where he's going to be able to be relevant. All right. Last wide receiver, Rashad Bateman in Baltimore. How are we feeling about him? He's lost, unfortunately. You bring OBJ in there, I'm and you have a, a young rookie like Zay Flowers who showed off in week one. I, what an amazing week one. He was electric. He touched the ball. He had people missing. Um, that's the reason the Ravens went out and got Zay, got Zay Flowers. Um, so Rashad Bateman – I think in other teams, you put him on Houston, different story. Completely yeah, different story. I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm with you. I, I don't think it's, he's going to be the guy like in Baltimore. But I think like he had Mark Andrews out and Zay Flowers came in and like ate his lunch. Like I think Bateman, I don't know. There's better days ahead from him, but the, the team clearly does not like him. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, and, I, and I, I'm not going to say I coined this because someone else mentioned it, but if Baltimore is seriously interested in Jonathan Taylor, you wonder if someone like Rashad Bateman is going back to um, the Colts in that hypothetical deal. Would not be opposed from an yeah, Anthony Richardson be, owner. Yeah, it could be an interesting fit. Um, all right, let's 
talk about two quick running backs quick. And you kind of mentioned him earlier, but Antonio Gibson, uh, he's someone that I think people always are coveting his upside, especially after a strong rookie year. But it really hasn't translated on this team to much people's um, disappointment uh, just because of what we think he can do. Um, what are your expectations, especially as a Gibson owner? I, I mean, it's it, he's dead, too. Brian Robinson yeah. has completely taken over. I mean, he had three attempts. He had nine yards. He did catch the ball. He does have a receiving upside. Yeah. But I don't think it's really enough. Use it this to, yeah. No, not at all. And, I mean, Christian or Chris Rodriguez had the same amount of touches that Antonio Gibson did. Three. Seventh round rookie. Yeah. And it's – and Robinson had a very good week. So, I don't – I think I think Antonio Gibson is unfortunately on the downtrend. Um, he will be a guy that I will probably not be starting this week, just because I, after watching him put up point nine points, I it can't be trusted in that kind of that kind of what I need out of my offense. With um, running backs in particular, we sometimes see them kind of shuffle around, go somewhere else, and have a resurgence somewhere. I'm on a different team. Do you think Gibson could be that, or are you or is NFL future on dire like support at this time. It's tough. I mean, from a running back situation, unless you show true promise. Um, I mean, this is where I look and try and think about the the back that got hit by a fucking jet ski. Was it Nahim Hines? Um, yes. Yeah. So I mean, when you think about what he could do with the Colts offense with no Jonathan Taylor there, it's huge. And I I mean, this this makes me wonder like if if Gibson's down in this Indianapolis offense, what opportunities he has down there. But I don't know if I just think he's in a bad situation with a bad team and it's not going to help his trade capital or his stock at all. So I think he is truly kind of a lost guy or a forever backup as he's being listed. Would you take a third round pick for him right now? Early third, I probably wouldn't. It would be hard to shy away from trying to give myself an additional shot in the dark at it. Okay. All right. Last running back on the list, DeAndre Swift uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. How are you feeling about him? Uh, what happened, dude? Like, what absolutely happened? This offense, I don't understand what what all went down. I mean, he had I could have picked. Attempt. Yeah, I could have picked Rashad Penny, who was fucking deactivated. But the Kenneth Gainwell season, I, I don't think many saw coming. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And it's one of those, like, did DeAndre Swift do what Miles Sanders did? Did he sleep with the wrong person? Like, <laughs> and, like, get completely blackballed into it? Mm-hmm. Uh, is he dealing with some health issue stuff till, still with with injuries? Yeah. Like, Kenneth Gainwell has been, I mean, 14 touches, 54 yards. He had four receptions for 20. One attempt for three yards. And he had a catch for fucking nothing. Yeah. That's concerning. I, I think I think the Eagles will find a better way to use Swift's skill tree. Yep. But after what we saw in week one and with the game will piece to it, I don't know how confident I feel that that's going to happen sooner than later. Well, we're going to find out quickly this Thursday night because Kenneth Gainwell's already been ruled out. So if Swift is going to have any redemption, you would think Thursday's the tomorrow night is the night to do it, wouldn't you? Yep. And, and you hope that it's not this bullshit split backfield between him and Penny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the one thing with Swift is, in theory, he can be that pass-catching guy. 
Yes. And that position can be very relevant for a running back and boost their points uh, quite significantly. So even if Penny is the early down back, I don't know if that's a deal breaker for Swift long term, but um, I just want to see him used. Yes, I want to see what uh, what he brings to Jalen Hurts. All right. And last, kind of just switching gears before we move on to the matchups uh, for week two. Uh, rookies in general, it's always a fun time of the year when you get to see your own rookie or just rookies come out and play and how they do. Uh, besides Anthony Richardson, who we talked about and I know is your you know second favorite kid after Josh Allen. Uh, any rookies stick out in your mind or guys that you're excited or maybe even worried about uh, after one week? Um, the, the Stroud and Young obviously are on two very tough situations. Yeah. I expected more out of CJ Stroud. Like I, I thought he would at least perform a little bit better. I thought um, he did okay. All things considered. They let him yeah. see that, which as a bears fan, I fucking respect at least like you give your guy a chance to throw it. And he, any, and, and also in fairness to Stroud, he actually did it. Um, unlike field to that apparently it's not aggressive enough. Um, I guess if I had to pick a guy that, and I guess it's just because I watched pretty much most of the game, is Luke Musgrave. I thought, I think he's 70.75% of the snaps. Yeah. He had four targets, three receptions. He had 50 yards. Um, could have had a touchdown. Probably could have had. Oh my God. What a fucking, how unathletic was that? <laughs> I think that was just a welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah. It was so wide open. And he's like, him. Yeah. Um, I would say he might be the one guy that maybe stood out to me. A little bit. Yeah. I liked. Um, I liked there. Obviously, Zay Flowers had a fucking huge week. Mm-hmm. You love seeing that out of Zay Flowers, and especially for that the Baltimore offense you really like. But I think Musgrave gives me a little bit of the bigger upside piece to it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's hard to take away anything from what Zay Flowers did. Yeah, hard to argue with that. I mean, continuing with wide receivers, shout out to Kevin Puka Nakua, dominating with Cooper Great Cup man. out fifteen targets. That's absurd. Um, is he is he a one hit wonder, or do you think this is going to be a pretty good rookie year for Mister Puka? I think Puka's somebody's got to catch the ball out there. Yeah, but is he going to fall off if when Cup? Oh, comes back? oh, hundred. You have arguably one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL coming back. Well, okay, let me backtrack. Like I, when I mean fall off, I mean like completely irrelevant. No, Will no, he he's not going to be. He's, he's absolutely going to be relevant. Okay. Yeah, Cup's going to acquire more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be tougher this week as people are going to start looking at me being like, oh shit, we probably should fucking maybe like take this guy seriously. Yeah. But, um, no, I think that, I think he's, he'll cement himself as somebody that, um, Stafford can go back to the well on. All right. I dig it. Um, all right. Any other rookie thoughts before we move on to the week two matchups? No, I mean, I, again, not a lot of going on the Anthony Richards, tra- Anthony Richardson train, but. Really like what Richardson did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, granted, granted, Mac Jones had a fucking good week, but there's I, there was no way in fucking hell I was not starting Anthony Richardson for Mac Jones there. Of course, you can't trust Mac, but maybe that, that's a sign of things. Maybe that through. changes. Yeah, fuck. That's could you? We'll, imagine? we'll say that for a future podcast. Yeah, that's like week <laughs> six where he's still QB three. Exactly. If that happens, we'll devote a whole podcast to Mr. Mac Jones, McCorkle Jones. All right, week two matchups. We've got it's it's not the best week for matchups, but we got some intriguing ones. Uh, let's you know we'll we'll work our way up. So let's start with the battle of the the S's. Stefan is taking on Steve. Um, 
yeah, Stefan's going to win this, right? Yeah, 100,000%. And this is nothing, it's not a knock against Steve. It's just a situation you put him in. Steve, depending on who he plays from the other division, like mm-hmm. if he plays a, a bottom tier team, it, I don't think there's a way Steve might even win a game this year. Maybe a fluke against Zane. I don't know. I don't think he plays Zane this week. Which is even better year. for fucking those guys. Yeah, they don't play each other. I mean, at this point in time, Zane's got the better schedule. Like, the tougher schedule to fucking lose every single week. Well, but wins-losses don't matter. It's potential points. You just in the best lineup. Just um, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, clean sweep. Nick took Stefan as well. Um, all right. The other bottom feeder. Zane is taking on Jerry this week. It's Jerry. Jerry's, Jerry's dominating. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry rebounds hard with an 0-2 start. Yeah, I agree with that. Um Looks like he's going with Purdy, a quarterback against the Rams. Um, you agree with that? Purdy, Tannehill, Pickett, is that the right call? With leading Purdy right now? Um, I, I definitely be leading Purdy right now. I think, huh? yeah, Aaron Donald's tough. Um, I don't think Pickett can be trusted, especially with the fact that, I mean, yes, there was weather against the, um, the Bengals. But I think... Pickett just didn't look in sync to me, and Tannehill against the Chargers I don't like, so I think Purdy's the, the great play for him. Okay. All right, and last but not least in our bottom three teams, we have Adam taking on Kevin. Does Adam run away with this? Um, so, I, obviously, the Austin Eckler situation is very interesting. and Extremely He's going to go on there, I mean, which moves Rashad Penny up, which means that we have to find another guy on this bench to do it is it down to foreman and hoping that he steals a couple touches from mm-hmm. um from the starter michael hardman's not going to be relevant and everything yeah that was a killer too <laughs> yeah well he was just absolutely brutal i i mean crazy enough there's outside of maybe a wild play in cordero patterson i don't think that's the right way to go foreman cordero was an active yeah foreman slots in if he's not good to go and, I mean, there's an outside chance that Kevin does fucking win this matchup. There really, really is, especially with no fucking Austin Eckler. Nick is going with Adam. Who are you taking? Fuck it. I'll take Kevin. I'm going Kevin. Well, I think we're going to see the upset. I just, I mean. For the, outside... guys, for the guys that went 6-0 and last week, you and I are pretty much in sync. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the only thing I, I might start Singletary over Jamal Williams just because Jamal Williams looked pretty washed uh, that week one against the or for the New Orleans Saints. But outside of that, I mean, Kevin has a full team, and that's worth a lot of points in my mind. Yeah, I would agree. All right, and especially with a little bit of you have Thielen, Jefferson, and uh-huh. Hunter Henry on the bench that you can start in some of these places. Yep. Yeah, I think I, I, I like Kevin. Yeah, I'm going Kevin as well. We'll see if Nick can make up a point or if he loses more ground. Because yep. last week you and I went six and zero, and Nick went four and two. Um, all right, Dan, you're taking on Chris this week. We know you're taking your team, but can we talk ourselves into Chris's team making it competitive? Oh, it definitely is going to be, especially with the fact that D Hop is questionable. Yep. And uh, I mean, Brees Hall, I think is going to be fine. I think his questionable status is kind of whatever it is. Um, but my week is all dictated by what what production I got at Alexander Madison on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, I don't feel comfortable starting Antonio Gibbs. Um, Tyler Boyd is interesting. Gallup has a tough sled. 
just because of that defense. Claypool was less than spectacular. I'm I am floating the the Tutu Atwell play, um, and then obviously Troutman with Dolchik being out is another interesting piece to my bench. So I have some pieces to mumble around here, but yeah, I don't think there's I don't think I lose this matchup. I think it I think Jamar Chase could make this close. Um, say Flowers has another good week if Bryce Young plays well, but he has a tough sled in, in New Orleans. Um, yeah, I like me. So I think for you, interesting swaps I consider. I think I would start Josh Kelly over Cam Akers. I, I don't think Cam Akers can be started at this point um, until think, proven otherwise, especially against a tough Niners defense. Do you think that with starting with removing Cam Akers, that guys like um, Tyler Boyd, I don't know if Chark's going to be healthy enough. Gallup, Josh Kelly. Yeah. Josh Kelly should be in your lineup, especially even if Eckler does play. I think he's clearly going to be limited. I don't know. I think Kelly. I, you're not wrong, started. 100%. And then I want to ask you, I mean, one thing that did surprise me week one, and it's only week one, it might not be a thing long term, but I thought Higby was actually going to be respectable, and he was a nada week one. Are you concerned about Higby and also just in general your tight end position at this point? Or how concerned are you, I should say? Uh, there's there's concern. I'm not on full, like, you know, what's the what's the meme with the guy fucking sweating looking at the two buttons <laughs> and everything yeah. like that. I haven't hit that for or the or the one dog sitting at the table with the fucking room on fire being like, Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay. It's fine. Um yeah. I mean there's there's a little bit of sweat that's starting to to show up, but it, it might not win me a championship, but it yeah. might be able to get me to the point in time where I win the division, get the buy, win one game and am in the money. So being in the division, I don't I'm not panicking as much as I probably should be if I'm sitting in the other division. Must be nice. Yeah, oh, fucking great. Uh-huh. All right, let's move on to a little bit of competitive or more competitive games. I'm taking on Armand this week. How, how do you see this matchup going down, Dan? Feel free to go a little bit more in depth. This a lot. They're playing New England Sunday night. And what are we going to see out of two and Tyreek? DJ Moore was a fucking decoy all week. I don't buy the Christian Kirk piece. Daniel Jones got shut the fuck down by Dallas. I think he has a huge game against Arizona. Um, Arizona was feisty, though. I'll give them credit. Yeah. I think you have too many too many good options to, to not pick against. Like Ridley versus Hill. Ridley may have the better matchup against Kansas City. Um, Michael Thomas looked pretty damn decent with it. I mean, you've got Samaje P. Ryan that's sitting on your bench there as an option. Um, Brian Robinson's still an option for you. Jerry Judy has the questionable tag, so we don't not really sure. David yeah. Njoku's who's there. I, I think you have more options to keep yourself ahead of Armand. I think Armand may be competitive, but I don't think there's I don't think he beats you. Yeah, um, I think the one thing for Armand's team is obviously the Christian Kirk piece, but it could be a high-scoring game, so I get it. But, I mean, one thing that's interesting when you look at Armand's team, Jonathan Taylor's on IR, Evan Hall, the rookie's on IR, and he's got Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. It's, I mean, Deion Jackson got a lot of usage. It didn't translate to points. But, I mean, if Zach Moss is healthy, maybe he gets it, like, 
do you have to start one of these um, Colt back uh, running backs, especially against like the Houston Texans that we saw the Baltimore Ravens be a bit successful against? It's interesting. If, if, if Judy <laughs> plays, if Judy plays, they might be a higher upside to sit Sutton. Okay. Like, I, I think that's that. the one piece that plays into it that says, maybe I take the flyer here. Yeah, Christian Kirk, I think, is overvalued at 12.5 points. But he's it. still better than Sutton. But he still has – and it's just because of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. That'll be a pass-happy offense. Um, yeah, for sure. Denver's going to use the run to balance Russell Wilson, and I don't necessarily, like, get excited about something like that. But Mostert and Kyron Williams are both clearly above Moss and Jackson, whoever. hundred thousand 100,000%, yes. Okay. Yeah, McKinnon's going to be an interesting piece just because he does have pass-catching capabilities. But Pacheco and CEH have shown that they're the guys that are going to be ahead of him. Okay. Well, looks like it's – I don't know if I said it for the last matchup, but clean sweep uh, taking Dan and clean sweep taking my team uh, against Armand. Uh, which brings us then to the matchup of the week. This and is this a great matchup. This is a doozy. Um, Nick Ruth is taking on Sam Weir. Uh, our preseason top two teams. Um, well, Dan, you probably had your team top two, uh, but you know, two very strong teams. Our defending champ, our new kid on the block who made a lot of moves this off season. Uh, which team do you want to break down? Because I think this justifies a more in depth uh, walkthrough. I mean, do we want to do team or do we want to take it by positional comparison? Let's do it positional comparison. Let's okay. start with quarterbacks. Yeah. You lead the way. I, I let's start with T Law and. Joy buckets, like mm-hmm. pretty much a fucking coin flip with which guy's going to score more. I was very impressed by Trevor Lawrence week one. Joe Burrow left something to the imagination, but he was also playing in shitty weather. And him coming against yeah. Baltimore is going to be a, a show me game in division again with it. And T Law's got Kansas City, so I lean Trevor Lawrence as yeah. much as it, it pains me to say. And then you get down to Herbert versus Fields. Fields' rushing ability alone makes him very competitive against Justin Herbert. I think quarterback matchup here is pretty much a goddamn wash yeah i think the one yeah no i agree there's really nothing really to add um i don't think there's a backup Derek carr geno smith um that's worth considering um so i agree wash and these guys i mean great fucking matchup for these four quarterbacks i love that these four guys are in here well i think burrow has obviously the toughest matchup in baltimore would you agree yes i would agree um, but I mean, I, you got to expect Cincinnati rebound after that yeah. very disappointing Cleveland round opener game. Yeah, I like I like Herbert versus Tennessee. I really really like that matchup for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, running backs. How are we feeling about this one? Another doozy of huge up here. I mean, when we talk about the fact that we start with CMC and ETN before I even move down to the flex spots against Bijan and Saquon. Yeah. Um, just four huge fucking names. Two four guys that are electric guys. Yeah. I mean, two guys that are electric out of pass catching backfield and McCaffrey and, and Bijan. Barkley and Etienne are going to get their workloads. Um, when we, we scroll down. Obviously, we got Nick Chubb that's playing into this. And we have this random guy called DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be an interesting piece here. Obviously, this matchup could hinge on what Swift does out of the backfield against Minnesota. Because Chubb's going to get his... 
and I, I, I lean obviously this way where Nick gets the edge in running backs mm-hmm. that are being started here just because I like Chubb versus Swift playing against Minnesota. Yeah, I think the I McCaffrey, I think, is just head and shoulders above everyone else in this matchup. But I, I do agree. agree that Swift is head and shoulders below everyone else in this matchup. So it kind of offsets each other. I think this is another watch in my mind, to be honest. Okay, I, and I could definitely see that. I, I just like the – I don't know if I necessarily trust Swift after watching yeah. Gainwell get his in week one. Yeah, no, I, this, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, this Thursday night game. Very interested to see how that plays out. Uh, let's move over to wide receivers and how we see uh, this positional breakdown going. Yeah, I mean, you've got Keenan Allen and Mike Evan on one side and CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown on the other. Obviously, we have the – Herbert Allen stack for Nick, mm-hmm. but Baker Mayfield's throwing the ball to Mike Evans, and it's it worked. We won. It did. It did. I'm not taking anything away. 18 points. You're feeling great there, but I mean, he had more points than Ceedee Lamb did. He had more points than AJ Brown did. I I feel better about having Lamb and Brown than I do about Keenan and Mike. I think that's oh, there. For and, then, sure. and then we move down. Obviously, so we've got Debo on Nick's side, Deonta Smith on the other one, and that's. You know, Sam starting two Philly pass catchers against Minnesota on a short week. So, yep. And then you move down to the last guy that we're going to talk about in Cooper versus Garrett Wilson. Obviously, Garrett Wilson takes a step back with Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. And Amari Cooper had a poor showing in week one, but again, the weather was shit. Yeah. Um, wide receiver wise, I think Sam has the edge there. Yeah, I would agree. Slight edge to Sam. He's got the more top-end talent. And again, I think Cooper might be below everyone else, but Lamb and A.J. Brown are above everyone else in this matchup. Which brings us to the equalizer. Oh, yeah. Kelsey versus Hawkinson. Sam's all in Thursday night. Holy crap. Sam's Thursday needs to put up 85 to 100 points. You're not far off, I think. And, I mean, Kelsey obviously was limited in practice today. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's confirmed whether or not he's going to play um, this weekend. And if he doesn't, now we're looking at at um, Pitts or Pitts. Ertz. And I mean, if Kelsey's starting, doesn't even matter if they say he's limited. You have to start him, right? You have to start him. You have to yeah. take all the upside there. Even if he's on a snap count, you know he's going to be in there for all the big plays and that mm-hmm. that that Patrick Mahomes is going to be 100% staring him down yeah. the entire time. And it, the flyer on Noah Gray, if Kelsey's out, is, is an interesting play. I mean, obviously Noah Gray had five, three receptions for 31 yards. It's no Travis Kelsey. He was targeted five times. Yeah. It's not great. And it's do you take the flyer on Kyle Pitts, who you, you don't like the Desmond Ritter situation. Isaiah likely is not going to get – get his just because Mark Andrews is in there. Conklin's a no. Zach Ertz is the six receptions for 21 fucking yards. God bless tight end premium. <laughs> yep. Kelsey, I think, is obviously the winner over Hawk. For sure. Not even but Hawk is a winner over anybody else that Kelsey has to re- that has to replace Kelsey. I would agree with that as well. And it, and even with Pitts having the big upside, I don't trust Desmond Ritter. Yeah, it's hard to trust uh, that passing offense for sure. And this is where making a decision on a Wednesday night really, really sucks. Yeah. 
because because like I'm not going to be the guy that's like, well, if Kelsey plays, give me this edge. If Kelsey yeah. doesn't play, give me like like it's. I feel like that's kind of bullshit and wishy washy for us. Yep. Um. All right. So with where they sit now, Nick is obviously taking himself. I'm going to take Nick as well. Yeah. I I had Nick to begin with, and I'll take him as well. It was tempting to. It's, it's definitely tempting to waffle it here, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, Lamb against the Jets, I really don't like. The two Philly pass catchers with the running back on Thursday night with Hawk is, for me, a tough sled on short short rest coming off of week one where you really just – your body took a pounding. Yeah. Um, I think there's for too me, many it's... of those pieces that play into not feeling confident about picking Sam. Yeah, for me, it's the quarterbacks. It's just how do we see Burrow and Fields rebound? I'm expecting both to do better from a fantasy perspective, um, obviously, but like, I don't know. I just, it gives you a little bit of a doubt and in such a tough matchup, it's, it's just hard to have that much confidence in Sam's team over next. Now, if there's a team that's going to get one point this week, guaranteed with losing their matchup, give me Sam. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Um, and a flip side too, if if this ends up going the other way, Nick's going to be a top six scoring team. Oh yeah, obviously. Like, Whoever like loses each of these game. guys are guaranteed to get at least one in my eyes. I agree. Um, all right, well that wraps up uh, the week two podcast. Uh, any closing thoughts, Dan? Before we call, we shut this one down. No, I mean it's fucking football season's back. Like it's it's fucking what a great time to be alive. Um, especially because we just did have a. Uh, a friend that we grew up with passed today. So a uh, little tough sled there, but um, no, I mean, love life, enjoy life, um, piece it all together. And I look forward to, I'll be watching football on the golf course on Sunday. Oh yeah. You got your big event. Yep. Yep. So I got drafted today. I was the last guy picked just because oh, I know. Oh, I don't give a shit, dude. Were you, I, should you have been the last guy picked? Yeah, absolutely. hundred okay. percent. There's guys that are so much better than me. And with the format, I'm a liability. Absolutely. Where was the old man taken, Chair? Uh he was a top twelve pick. I think he was, I think he went at eleven. Okay, so that's yeah. Pretty, uh, the rumors are is that he and I will be playing in the last matchup on Sunday against each other. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's pretty much guaranteed to beat my ass, but um So you're play it's what Kenny Pickett, Josh Allen straight up winner gets. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's what we're looking at. Um <laughs> no, I, he's just excited to uh, to to play in the last matchup with me and just kind of make it a little bit more competitive to where shit actually matters. But uh for sure. We'll kind of see how the week plays out. But uh it should be a fun time. Um you guys have a wonderful fucking rest of your week and I hope you find the pod interesting and uh yeah let us keep the feedback rolling. Yep. Have a good one guys till next week. Peace.